You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. You see, Jesus was the innocent life that was murdered on a cross because of your sin, because of my sin, so that you and I could be forgiven and released from the guilt of murder. You see, it wasn't the Romans that killed Jesus. It wasn't the Jewish high priests that killed Jesus. It was my sin. It was your sin that killed Jesus. Are you a murderer? An innocent man died. Did you kill him? In today's message, Pastor Holland declares that we are guilty of murder. Jesus of Nazareth died of no fault of his own. He didn't do anything wrong, certainly not enough to be killed, but he had to be killed. He chose to be killed. He volunteered to be killed. Why? He chose to die in our place. We are guilty and punishable by death, but Jesus died instead of us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's bow down and worship Jesus because he took our death penalty. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Numbers chapter 35 as he begins his message, A City of Refuge. So today we are going to look in the book of Numbers. We're going to look at Numbers 35. If you want to turn there, we're going to talk about cities of refuge, cities of refuge. And really, we're going to make the case that Jesus is our city of refuge, that he is the one that we look to as the one that looks after us, cares for us. We're going to learn what that means practically. But as we've been going through the book of Numbers, we've been comparing Numbers to the betrothal between a husband and a wife, or the betrothal between God as the husband and Israel as the bride of God. It's been fascinating to look at it. We've made a parallel comparison. Uh, Numbers 1 through 6, God presents Israel with the ketubah, or the covenant of marriage, where he says to them, I want to have an eternal relationship with you. And then in Numbers 6, 24 through 27, Uh, God offers the mohar or the dowry or the down payment. Here's a sign of my good intentions. And it's famously known as the Aaronic blessing. And in Numbers uh, 6.24, we read this, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. And so God says, I'm going to bless you. When you come into relationship with me, I am going to bless you. I'm going to shine upon you. My favor is going to be on you. And then in Numbers 7 through 8, Israel says, yes, I'm going to accept this covenant. And they accept it by drawing near to God. And what it looks like as they're drawing near to God is in the form of these offerings. And whenever you see the word offering in the Old Testament, you should think draw near to God, get close to God. It's the Hebrew word korban, which means to draw near. It's drawing near. And that is the most important thing to God. God wants us to draw near to him. God wants us to be in his presence. He wants us to live in his presence, to be with him forever. And so this time through the wilderness, we've looked at as a time of preparation, where they're preparing for their wedding day, if you will. And that wedding day is going to take place in uh, when we get to Joshua chapter 8 at Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. 
with the blessings and the cursings, and Israel is going to ratify this relationship that they have with God. But during this time of preparation, as they're going through the wilderness, they're learning to be led by God. They're learning to respond to the leading of God. God is leading them with the cloud by day and the fire by night. God is covering them from the heat of the sun. God is warming them from the coldness of the night. And they're learning what it means to be led by the Spirit, to be led by God. They're learning to depend on God for everything that they need, for the manna. You know, God fed them manna in the wilderness. God gave them water to drink. You know, we read in the scriptures that their sandals didn't wear out. Their clothing didn't wear out. Sorry, ladies. Uh, You had to wear the same outfit for 40 years. Uh, You know, it was something that God was just providing, and they were learning to depend on God's provision for them. They learned to draw near to God through the offerings in Numbers 7. They learned to worship God in Numbers chapter 10. And they learned how to use their only weapon. Their only weapon. See, Israel's weapon was not the sword. Israel's weapon was not the chariot. Israel's weapon wasn't the bow. Israel's weapon was prayer. That was the weapon of Israel. And they learned about that in Numbers 21, verse 7. They learned God's thoughts towards them, that God delights in them in Numbers 14. And these are all things that as we're going through this journey, this wilderness called life, right? Compared to heaven, this is a wilderness. As we're going through this journey, this wilderness of life, these are the things that we're learning. We're learning to be led by God. We're learning to be led by the Spirit. We're learning to uh, depend on God for provision, that everything comes from Him. It's not from our hard work. It's not from our labor. Everything comes as a gift from Him. We're learning to draw near to God. We're learning to worship God, to love Him. We're learning to use our only weapon, of warfare, and that is prayer. That God hears us when we pray. He answers our prayer. And we're learning his thoughts towards us, that he delights in us, that he loves us. And now they're on the border of the promised land. And we read in Numbers 35, verse 9, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan, or the Yardin in Hebrew, into the land of Canaan, then you shall appoint cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the manslayer who kills any person accidentally may flee there. They shall be cities of refuge for you from the avenger, that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation in judgment." And of the cities which you give, you shall have six cities of refuge. You shall appoint three cities on this side of the Jordan, on the east side, and three cities you shall appoint in the land of Canaan, which will be cities of refuge. And these six cities shall be for refuge for the children of Israel, for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that anyone who kills a person accidentally may flee there. And so they're now on the border of the promised land. They're camped alongside of the Jordan River and they're preparing to go over into the promised land and God instructs them to build six cities of refuge. Six cities of refuge. And these cities of refuge were distributed throughout the land. There were two in the north, two in the middle, 
two in the south and on both sides of the Jordan River, on the east and on the west side. And so they were easily accessible to everyone. They were close by. They were literally within a half day's journey. Of any place you were within Israel, you could, in a half day's journey, get to a city of refuge if you needed to get somewhere quick. Now, a city of refuge was a place that you could escape to if you committed involuntary manslaughter. That's what the technical term is. When you kill someone by accident. You know, maybe you were throwing rocks in your backyard and you threw a big rock and it hit, you know, some little kid on the head and that was it. And they died from that. Well, that was not on purpose. It was an accident. And so there was a place for you to go to find refuge for killing an innocent life. Now, in pagan cultures of the Near East, there was an unwritten law about avenging the death of a loved one. If someone died at the hand of someone else, whether it was by accident or on purpose, it was considered defending the family's honor for you to go and to avenge that death. It was something that you had to do, and you couldn't stop doing it your whole life. You had to pursue this until you avenged the death of the loved one. Believe it or not, this culture still exists today. In many of the tribes around Papua New Guinea area, it's big there. If you go to Africa, different places where there's tribal kind of things happening, you know, Vietnam and different places, it's still in effect today. And in some cultures, if you could not find the person who did the accidental death, then you actually would go after their family. So you would go after the next in line. So you always had to avenge the death of a loved one. In other cultures, you just go after the whole family, you know, like the godfather. You know, it's like we don't don't kill you, we kill you and your entire family. And so if Don Corleone is after you, you know, and you're trying to run, you could flee to the city of refuge and you were safe there. As long as you stayed in the city of refuge, You were protected from the avenger. It was a protected place. And as I said, in many ways, the cities of refuge are a type of Christ. It's a type of the refuge that you and I find in Jesus himself. You see, every person is guilty of murder. Every man that is born is guilty of killing an innocent life, whether you know it or whether you are not knowing it, you are guilty. And under the law, you are condemned to death. God will avenge death. In Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. And so every person that is born into this life is being pursued by the avenger, the angel of death. The angel of death is after every person that has ever been born. You know, what's amazing is that the statistics on death are unbelievable. One out of every one person dies. It's inescapable. You're born to die. You're going to die in this life. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. 
And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. So many people were freaking out about the COVID. And I'm not to diminish that in any way, the horror of it. But simply to say this, that your date has been established by God. And there is a day that you're going to die. And it's just a reality. My wife says, I'm ready to die. I don't mind dying. I just don't want to go in pieces. You know, I want to go all together at once. It is a reality. It doesn't matter how many vitamins you take. It doesn't matter how healthy you eat. I'm trying to eat healthier these days. It doesn't matter how much you exercise. It doesn't matter how many anti-aging treatments you sign up for. I mean, San Clemente is huge in that department. You can go into these rooms and sit in a room full of rock salt and just breathe in salty air. It's kind of like you can do that for free by the ocean. But it's like, you know, we're going to put it in a little room and charge a lot of money for it. It doesn't matter what you do. There is an appointed time for every person to die. Or as Numbers 32, 23 says, you can be sure your sin will find you out. And the wages of sin is death. Your sin will catch up to you. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how far you run or how much you try to hide, it will catch up to you. But here's the truth. Death is not the final judgment. In Hebrews 9.27, it says, As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. You see, after death, there is another judgment. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Every man, every person will give account of himself to God. In Romans chapter 14, verse 12. And because all have sinned, all are guilty of murder, and all will be judged. It's a reality. You might say, well, I haven't killed anyone. How can I be guilty of murder? I haven't done that. You see, because man sinned in the garden, the price for forgiveness was the death of an innocent life. What did it say that God killed an animal, right? 
made animal skins, covered Adam's nakedness. It was an innocent life. The death of an innocent life had to pay for man's sin. And there's so many people that say, well, you know, I can't just pay for my own sins. But you see, you can't pay for your own sin. Because the requirement of the law is that it be a life that is without spot or blemish. It had to be an innocent life. And so your life could never qualify because you're not innocent. You're guilty. You're guilty. Only an innocent life could qualify to pay the price for my sin, for your sin. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, Jesus was the innocent life that was murdered on a cross because of your sin, because of my sin, so that you and I could be forgiven and released from the guilt of murder. You see, it wasn't the Romans that killed Jesus. It wasn't the Jewish high priests that killed Jesus. It was my sin. It was your sin that killed Jesus. He died because that was the only offering that God would receive as payment for your debt, which is death. You see, all are guilty of the murder of an innocent life, and God will avenge his death, and he will not stop until it's avenged. But here's the problem. God doesn't want anybody to die. We weren't created for death. We were created to live. And you see, that's what is so difficult for us when we experience death in this life. This Saturday, we're going to be celebrating the life of my wife's sister, who recently died of stage four cancer. She lived with stage four cancer for seven years. And it's miracle after miracle after miracle how God sustained her. And there's several times when they operated on her and she was completely healed. God completely healed her several times of cancer. No, no trace of cancer left in her body. And yet, we're going to her memorial. There was an appointed time. And that appointed time came. And it's a difficult thing. I worked on her video for the memorial service, and it was very difficult. Hardest thing I've ever done. Because I'm looking at the separation. And we were not made for separation. We were made to live in relationship for eternity with each other and with God. We were never meant to be separated from one another. And so God isn't willing that anyone should perish. So what did God do? God provided a city of refuge for man, a place for man to go to in Jesus Christ. Jesus is our city of refuge. And the thing about Jesus, he's, he's within reach of everyone. Anyone can find him. Anyone can go to him. All you have to do is call out to him. 
The Bible says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to do a bunch of works. You don't have to do a bunch of things to get God to all of a sudden be interested in you again. All you have to do is call out on him. He will hear you and he will answer you. You can flee to him and you will be safe. And as long as you abide in Christ, as long as you abide in Jesus, you are free from the guilt of murder and the avenger of death will not come after you. As long as you abide in him. Now, what's interesting is that there are six names that are given to the city of refuge. We don't really read about them in Numbers. We read about them in Joshua. And in Joshua 20, verse 7 and 8, we read that these are the six names that were given to the cities of refuge. There was Kedes, Sechem, Hebron, Besser, Ramot, and Galon. I just read them in the Hebrew. In the English, I'll read them for you in the English. They're Kadesh, Shechem, Hebron, Bezer, Ramoth, and Golan. And what's interesting about the Hebrew language, as we've looked at other words, is that every word is packed with meaning. There's a reason why God called these cities what they were. And the names of the cities are significant, and they describe for us the refuge that we have in Christ. The word kades means holy place or righteousness. And in Jeremiah 23, 6, it says, in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. And now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. The first thing you need to know about Jesus, your city of refuge, is that Jesus is your righteousness. Not you. He is. He is your righteousness. You see, when the avenger comes and threatens and accuses you of your sin and says that you are guilty, you can look at him square in the eye and you can say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. But I'm not standing here in my righteousness. I'm standing here in the righteousness of someone who perfectly obeyed everything God ever said. I'm standing here in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You see, if you were standing in your righteousness, you wouldn't have a leg to stand on. But you see, we're not standing in our righteousness. We're standing in his righteousness. I don't stand on my own goodness and I don't fall by my badness. I stand in the goodness of Jesus and I'm accepted because he lives in me and it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And when God looks at me, he doesn't see me. He sees the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I hope you enjoyed the program today. You know, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know, there's going to be a day when all of us are going to stand before Jesus, and only those who have surrendered their life to him will spend eternity with him. 
Don't you want to be part of those that spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? You can pray this simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I confess that you have raised from the dead. Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. If you've prayed that prayer, then I can say with assurance that you will be saved on that day. Thanks for tuning in today to Worship Life Radio. We're so glad you were able to join us in the book of Numbers as Pastor Holland has been sharing some good things from an Old Testament book. If this message has blessed you and you'd like to hear more from this series, you can find these teachings online at calvarysanclemente.org. Just look under the teaching tab. While you're there, you can also learn more about Calvary Chapel San Clemente, the church this ministry originates from. We'd love for you to join us for worship this weekend too. You can come in person or join us online. Find all the information you need on our website. Again, that's calvarysanclemente.org. As we wrap up today's message, we'd like to offer an opportunity for you to partner with us in spreading the good news of the gospel. Would you join us in praying for those listening to this radio program? Please pray for ears to be open and hearts to be turned toward the truth and love of Jesus. Would you be interested in partnering with us in another way as well? We're grateful for those who prayerfully consider supporting us financially to further the cause of this ministry in reaching the lost. If you feel led to do so, you can show your support by clicking on the Give tab and going from there. Once again, that's CalvaryChapelSanClemente.org. How can we be praying for you? Give us a call at 949-228-9117. That's 949-228-9117. Join us again on Worship Life Radio. Have you ever wondered what it means to be saved? What are you saved from? Is salvation only about going to heaven? Pastor Holland's message series, So Great a Salvation, will answer these questions and help you discover the rich, abundant life salvation brings. Order your personal copy of So Great a Salvation at worshipliferadio.com.